This week on the Indo Daily. I actually don't believe right that priests said her any harm. He just like thought I knew. But that's how I found out Miriam Martina was dead. How likely is it that Trump will be found guilty of paying hush money to former adult film star Stormy Daniels? We're talking about involvement in serious drugs activity on both sides of the border and as well as that, the procurement of weapons. Find and follow us at all the usual spots and over on the Irish Independent website. On this week's Big Tech Show, when will cars safely drive themselves on our streets? And who in Ireland is providing the technology to help them do that? We talk to one of the country's biggest automotive autonomy entrepreneurs. I have BMW Drive Assist in my own vehicle and it is much, much safer because we are all prone to distraction, especially when we're on the motorway from Limerick to Dublin, for example. We've all been there where you actually forgot a whole section of the road. So I would say if you take it from a safety perspective and it does allow you to kind of relax. The Big Tech Show, available on all podcast platforms. Welcome to the Left Wing Podcast in association with Aldi. Spend €30 euro in store for a chance to win €50,000 for your primary school. More chances, more prizes, more reason to enter. Nichiwa, and you're very welcome to the Left Wing Daily, independent.ie's rugby podcast. I'm Keen Tracy, and we're coming to you live from Kobe, where Ireland have got their World Cup campaign back on track by beating Russia 35-0. Um, that probably doesn't tell the full story. It was far from a perfect performance. To go through it, I'm joined by Jonathan Bradley from the Belfast Telegraph and Rory O'Connor. Uh, Jonathan, what were your impressions of it? We've just come out of the press conference um, and the mix zone and the message was very very positive you'd have to say across the board a little too positive maybe for my liking but what did you make of the game yeah i thought it was again a really sort of labored performance especially in that third quarter now you can point to the fact that that coincided with johnny sexton going off but for a team that sort of spoke about winning little moments all week and then you come out after half time and you know you can see russia lifting um, especially sort of after that scrum penalty and then when they pinned Ireland back in the corner about five minutes later just after a loose Rob Carney kick you could see their players celebrating um, pumping their fists and it just looked like again it was a game that the tide was turning on Ireland and they couldn't really do anything to shift that momentum back really Rod, it had started so well um, we saw the old Joe Schmidt classic power play uh, for Rob Carney to score early on and even when they're pulling that out of the bag you're thinking okay this is on they looked sharp um, even Peter Romani's try after 12 minutes was came from a lovely kick through but they just lost their way a bit didn't they um, I think Jonathan's right when Johnny Sexton went off again I don't think it was a coincidence that Ireland were not were all the worst for in the second half while Jack Hardy had a couple of nice moments it was sort of similar to the Japan game his importance was underlined wasn't it it's like they come out of the dressing room um, fired up ready well prepared and then as it goes on as the hits keep coming and as the mistakes start to compound each other they just lose their way completely and just lose their belief, they don't look like a confident team, they don't look like a team that are enjoying themselves here in Japan, they look like the weight of the world is on their shoulders, their body language is terrible. And they, I mean, you said they were back on track. I mean, the, the destination is the airport and the flight home once we get through that quarterfinal. I mean, there's no way, that, like there's no indication that this is a team that can achieve anything in Japan anymore. I mean, like the, the, I was fairly, you know, I don't know, I didn't think the Japan defeat was that bad. I mean, the review was pretty poor. It was a poor performance, but I thought it was more fixable. But that was a pretty 
depressing evening from an Irish perspective because they, um, that was the worst team in the tournament and they made Ireland look like a very, very ordinary team and Ireland came into this team as the world number one team, a team who have beaten everyone over the last couple of years and I mean, I didn't agree with the idea that they peaked too early in 2018 but increasingly it looks like they've gotten it completely wrong and um, unless there's, I mean, they're giving them the weekend off this week in, in Fukuoka, they don't play Samoa till Saturday week, then they've got a week to prepare for a, for a World Cup quarterfinal but there's injuries, it's negative, it just looks like they're down and they're on their way out. They looked gripped by a fear to me. Um, you see flashes of kind of moments from players and even you saw this, the set-piece move when it works well. But even in the early part of the Japan game, the kicking game was working quite well. But then they moved away from it. I thought the same kind of happened tonight. Um, Johnny Sexton put a couple of cross-field kicks, one for Andrew Conway, then one for Earls in real short succession. Um, but they seemed to move away from that. And while you didn't really want to see them kicking the ball a whole lot against Russia, you wanted to see a bit more sort of confidence and swagger. And like I said, it had started so well, but Rod Rice, they made this Russian team look like a good team. And they're, they're not a good team. Like, let's call a spade a spade. They're not. Connacht beat them. I think 12 of the same players were involved in that Connacht game. And the Jersey Reds, who are a mediocre championship team, beat them. So where do, where do Ireland go from here? I mean, it, it, it is still a win. It's, the World Cup is back on track, but it's hard to see where they're going to pull a performance that's going to be good enough in the quarterfinal. Well, look, I mean, you talk about players... You know, you mentioned the word the fear and doubt there, and like I don't know how many minutes in and it was, I can't remember, but like you've got Rob Carney and Andy Conway letting a high yep. ball bounce in between them, and it's just all this bread and butter stuff. Yeah, it's just all these sort of simplistic things. Now, a few of those handling errors and the like you can put down to the conditions. Obviously, we've seen in other games, but. I think like that just really sort of added to this sort of building frustration that's there and like even in the crowd you could sense that like nobody was particularly impressed obviously when you were watching reaction come in from home nobody was impressed and then I would say like arguably that's the most relaxed um, air Joe Schmidt's given in a post-match press conference yeah it's like he, he feels like there is still a big performance in this team and I guess they have shown in the past that there is, but there's so little evidence now, and they've. This was a good chance to build momentum. It was a good chance to build confidence. While you know there was an element of both, they haven't really kind of got ahead of steam now, have they? Well, he's kind of you know he's fronting to to a certain degree. He's a, he is a, he's very good at putting a you know putting a good spin on things, and that's what he has to do. I mean, there's no point in them coming in and saying it's all over. I mean, they do have two games. They're still in the tournament. We can be fairly de- you know doing and gloom at them, but they they know what they're capable of. So. You know they're not bad players. We know they're not bad players, and you know we're going to see it later in the season that they're they're excellent players at times, and you know they'll go on and they'll contend for European honours and Pro 14 honours and stuff. But this is the pinnacle of their careers, and it looks like that rather than rise to the occasion, they're letting the occasion get to them. And I mean, there's thirty thousand Irish people there tonight, or or they look like that way anyway. They should be getting energy for like those people have paid a fortune to come out and see them. They're cheering them on. They're in good spirits. They all they want is something to feed off and, and rather than feed off it they're letting it drain them and they just don't look like the energy that should be real positivity like you know this should be a really unbelievably positive moment in their careers I mean they're a good team they've come into this tournament as one of the best teams in the world and it looks like that's a weight around their shoulders and I don't understand that Yeah I think there's a real danger that they're letting their moment slip by here um, and oh, yeah. that all the good work that they've done even with their club teams I mean they just look so 
they look they look rudderless, they look a shadow of themselves. We spoke a lot about the conditions in the build-up to the game purely because we were at the Samoa Scotland game here in the same stadium on Monday, but it was very, very different tonight. Now, while, of course, it was slippy because it was still humid out, it was absolutely bucketing down. It wasn't as hot, it wasn't as sticky, so I think the excuses from that end are far less than let's say what Scotland could use but the amount of handling errors that Bundyaki made I mean just so simple simple things and Peter O'Mahony again getting caught on the wrong side of the referee another couple of silly silly penalty concessions and these things add up and spread like a virus Jonathan don't they? Absolutely and you just see them building like especially I think the handling errors like that goes for any sport at any level once people start making mistakes mistakes breed mistakes and you could see it with Bundy because he had two really really quickly in a row because he had the knock on and then he had the high ball that he muffed as well I think they had 18 overall yeah. like that's that's criminal and it was just it saps any sort of momentum out of a performance it saps the energy out of the crowd and it was just like it just it really was an unimpressive performance like there's no two ways about it you can say oh they got the job done but that doesn't really mean anything when you're playing, as you say, a team that, no disrespect to them, is the worst team here. Just remember Bundyaki in the first game before he came off after failing his HIA, winning two uh, turnovers and just looking like this dominant force. You know, I mean, just, that's only what ten days ago. Like they looked such a good team, and Sexton said it in the in the press room they felt good about themselves after Scotland. But they've obviously that Japan game has just brought her home all those doubts that they had after England twice after Wales. Um, the only thing is that he played quite well and they hold him off after 40 minutes I would think that if he stayed on the errors possibly wouldn't have gone up to the same degree and they did feel like they could get through it without him there was so no Russia need to leave him on was there there definitely wasn't any reason to leave him on I think you're right you're right there and I mean the Russians did play quite well I mean Gadziev is, is a quality yeah, player yeah he'll get snapped up he, by he, someone won't he they're tight as a good player as well like, yeah. Gadziev definitely will but I mean the fact that, like, even though he's a good we player we should not be talking about two, them well we shouldn't but we should yeah, we, 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 we got to give them their, their, their due I mean that's, that's they've, they've stepped up to the plate there but the um, the scrum penalties are another concern I mean that's that's a a, a, a unit that should be really, really strong together, and um, we heard all about the, you know, the, the scrummaging power that comes from the second row. Well, the tight head, um, actually, was was came through the loose head side actually, where, where Dave Kilcoyne got done for a penalty. I mean, they're the kind of things that just don't happen against tier two, two nations, and it was, like, you know, that's why it's one of the poorer Joe Schmidt performances, you know, of, of this era, where, you know. And it's probably more down to the players this week than the coach. Yeah, well, the, the, the bad news kind of... Well, the good news was obviously they won, but there was plenty of bad news thrown in there apart from the performance. Jordy Mur Murphy no sooner off a plane and looks like his World Cup could be over already. Um, looked like he got a rib injury. He was in a lot of pain. He tried to run it off. It's like, yeah, got a feel for the guy, but he did not look good. Rob Carney came off injured. Johnny Sexton, according to the ITV commentators, was seen with ice in his thigh. We didn't see it. And he said he was fine afterwards. And then Joey Carberry pulls out at the last minute. And I guess it's a recurrence of the ankle injury that he got back on August 10th against Italy, which is a long time ago. So we've spoken a lot, Jonathan, about having Robbie Hensch on the squad, but it seems like uh, Carberry still isn't fit either. And he admitted it after the Japan game last week that he was still wasn't match fit so they're carrying a couple of bodies here aren't they I mean if we if we just take it for granted that we can say that this is not going well like I do take <laughs> I do take the point <laughs> that 10 days ago they looked like a great team but I don't think it's outlandish to say that things are going awry here and they're going awry quickly and increasingly it's looking like folly to have brought so many injured players here and to have kept so many injured players here because you know, you're making a lot of changes. Joe Schmidt made the point there, but if you're bringing in players that are carrying knocks or don't have match fitness, they're not doing themselves any favours. Like we saw that with Carberry against Japan, that 
Um, when he did come on, he didn't look right. We're however many days into this tournament, we still haven't seen Robbie Henshaw. And I don't know what you do, really, if Jordy Murphy's World Cup's over, because I don't know if there's any point calling up another back rower rather than bringing Devin Toner out. He at least would give you a bit of an experience, a bit of a calmer head, and even just because he's... He might just bring a bit of buzz or something to the group just because people will be happy to see him. Do you know what I mean? Come like, on, Zeebs. Get Zeebs out. <laughs> He's in you, Dublin today doing a bit of media, I think. Like, you know, if you want a vibes man, like, there's no better man to get you going. It's an, it's like, an interesting th- point, though, isn't it? Because if we if we're to look back at it, if Jordy's out, the only other back rower who is in the preseason squad is Tommy O'Donnell. But Tommy O'Donnell is not really the type of player they need if you're looking towards a quarter final. They need someone with a bit of ballast who's going to carry the ball. And we went over this about Ireland's lack of specialist eights. He's a good carrier, but I mean, Tommy O'Donnell wasn't part the plans for the last three years. I, he's, he, I mean, he is a good player, but it, you know, Joe Schmidt didn't think he was. You know, he hadn't capped him between 2016 and 2019. It's tough to see where he goes. I mean, he can't go for Caelan Doris or Max Deegan, which Jack, o- Jack O'Donoghue. Jack O'Donoghue. I mean, been out of the system for a while. Has, has been in more recently, but you can't call on someone who's never played for Ireland before. Mm-hmm. I think you probably do go for someone like Devon Toner, who at least has a lot of experience. Even an Ulton Delan who could come in and, you know create a bit of chaos with the ball in hand but realistically whoever comes out for Jordy Murphy is not going to play at this World Cup and yeah, I just don't see the point in bringing somebody because we're not just talking about replacing Jordy Murphy we're talking about Dan Levy and Sean O'Brien being injured as well so that's how far the back row. yeah that's how far you're going Jack down Cone. to your depth chart Jack and Jack Coden as well obviously so there's no real point just flying somebody out you know putting them through that to um, know that they're not going to play at least if you bring Devin Toner and say that you're going to focus on Byrne as a six then you can maybe do something but like I really don't see the value in bringing out anybody this far down the depth chart. Yeah well I guess we'll wait and see what the, the update is over the next couple of days. Fingers crossed for Jordy Murphy obviously it isn't as serious but let's just before we go let's try and finish this on some sort of a positive note. They did win 35 nil. they've got the bonus points you know, they're still very much in control of their own destiny. A couple of good performances. I thought Reese Ruddock was absolutely outstanding and he's really pushing now, I think, for inclusion from the start. I don't think O'Mahony has been at his best at this World Cup. Uh, just having a look at a couple of the stats. Top tackler with 14 and only Tyke Byrne, who actually did very well as well, carried 14 times and Reese Ruddock 11. Um, and Luke McGrath, I thought, was very good. I thought his service was snappy, but those outside him didn't really capitalise. Well, I think, I think what we all need is that Joe Schmidt recognises form and, and rewards it, that he doesn't go back to players who look drained of energy, who look drained of belief, and he goes for someone like Reese Ruddock, who is in form, who looks strong, who looks and, and is a leader in his own right, um, who played very well today. Even Luke McGrath, I mean... I don't it's never know. Happen, I can't see him ditching Conor Murray, no. but um, he's looking like a guy you bring in earlier and earlier into the game. He's got great energy about him. He makes good decisions. His box kicks are on the money. Um, there got to be, you know, he, like, is there twenty three players who are who you could say they're in form and feeling good? It's hard to see. Sext, you know, build it around Sexton. There is a team there you can put together. Eddie O'Sullivan's mistake was he stuck with the the, the, the lads who were playing badly for too long in 07 and when he went to the well the players he tried to bring in hadn't played enough rugby that was one of his one of his mistakes back back then whether it's too late to do that I mean it, the smallest selection is now very interesting we're now into a game a week for the rest of the tournament however long that is um, I think he almost has to go with the team he wants to play against South Africa and New Zealand against Samoa so that he gets a maximum return from that game I think Carberry if he's not if he's not fit and firing I, I think you almost go Sexton and Carty because Carberry just doesn't have the games. 
Yeah, there's nine days, Jonathan, to, to for Carberry to turn this around. But I mean, it is a serious concern when he admitted last week that he doesn't have have the game time. Um, we're moving to Fukuoka tomorrow, sort of squad. Like I said, nine day turnaround, save the weekend off. You know, it's it's hard to imagine him totally switching off and rela- relaxing because despite the the positivity that's coming out here today, they don't need to be told that they're so far below the st- that's the standards that they've set for themselves. You just wonder if. There's almost a school of thought on the flip side of that, though, of, like, can two days off just give them a complete hard reset? Because... Well, they were in, they were in uh, Universal Studios earlier this week, so <laughs> how many trips need, to the team park did they need? I just think, that, yeah, I think you're right. I think they need to get off. A few points. Get off tour, maybe a few bit points. Of whatever, they, whatever, whatever floats their boat, just let them do it for two days. Don't give them any video analysis. Don't, you know, keep them... Well, will that happen, do you think? Definitely. I think, you I think, think he will? knows. I think that it's been a really pressurised. The schedule's been really intense. They played... Um, Scotland, six days, Japan, five days, I, Russia. I know they've done a few bits and pieces when fishing and things like that, but this is a chance to actually just, almost like they do in Carton House, just get them home for a few days now. They're still being in camp. It's almost a shame they're staying in the same hotel as the, the coaches and stuff. Just give them some freedom, give them some leeway, let them go and enjoy themselves, whatever form that takes, because they don't look like a happy squad at the moment. Hopefully this weekend they can, I mean, we, we, during the Six Nations didn't have that famous night out before France, which didn't end up really, you know, sustaining itself. I don't think you can put too much store into team bonding nights out, but I think I think Jonathan's right. You give them a bit of space. I don't think they look like they're enjoying themselves right now. Let them go off into the in, into Fukuoka, find out what it has to offer, and and uh, you know, come back on Monday, uh, you know, hopefully a bit refreshed. Yeah, well, we'll all be seeing what Fukuoka has to offer. It is supposed to be a very nice place. Um, fingers crossed they do get the, the breeder they need, but we'll be back again tomorrow, lads, to, to reflect on this in probably more detail. Cheers. 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 The Left Wing Podcast in association with Aldi. Spend €30 Euro in store for a chance to win €50,000 for your primary school.